Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show. And our favorite stories are our listeners' stories. They're your stories. Our next story comes to us from Paul in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Paul moved our listeners with his story, Wilbur and the Empty Nester, and a baby boomer's battle with insanity and fitness. We asked him if he had any more. Here he is with a story simply titled, Moose Prayer. Have you ever seen a moose? I have. They're big, strong, powerful, and athletic. Have you ever wanted to be a moose? I did. 
I lived with a moose all throughout my childhood, growing up in Bloomington, Minnesota. The middle child of a cluster of eight devout Catholic kids, I have three older brothers, one older sister, two younger brothers, and one younger sister. I grew up idolizing my older siblings, what I wouldn't have given to be as cool as them. Such was the thought of this impressionable little brother. It was Tom, the firstborn, five years my senior, that I most wanted to emulate. His nickname? Moose. A three-sport star at Kennedy High School, larger than life in my ten-year-old eyes. To a fifth grader, a fifteen-year-old moose may as well have been Paul Bunyan. He could do it all. What does this have to do with the moose prayer? Let me start by asking, have you ever wondered whether God is listening to your prayers? I have wondered the same. As a high school sophomore, I remember praying that the cute, energetic cheerleader would fall head over heels for me. I was a shy, bashful, awkward teenager. It didn't happen. God didn't answer my prayer. Or did he? It turned out the cheerleader and I had very little in common. I also remember another selfish prayer, a petition I made before my varsity hockey games. Please God, help us to win and help me to score a goal. A victory and a goal did not always happen. God didn't grant that prayer request either. Or did he? Perhaps I scored more goals than I deserved. Or what about my prayer asking that God would give me over my fear of public speaking? He certainly didn't answer that one the way I had hoped. After 58 years, I still shiver at the thought and stutter when attempting to speak in public settings. Or was it answered indeed? This leads me to the prayer that God answered for me without a doubt. My Moose Prayer. Let's go back to the 10-year-old 5th grader and his 15-year-old oldest brother. One evening, Moose and I were in our basement in the middle of an all-star wrestling match and it happened. BAM! I could not believe my eyes. Moose, while performing a wrestling move, banged his head on the ductwork above us. While he was busy shaking off the cobwebs, I was standing there in awe. How could he hit his head on something that high? My brother, Moose, was indeed larger than Paul Bunyan. He was a giant after all, confirmed in my mind right then and there. Thus, my moose prayer was born. From that night forward, I ended my bedtime prayers with, Please Lord, help me to grow to be as big as moose. Prayer after prayer, night after night, year after year, I was relentless. I wanted more than anything to be as big as my big brother. I kept up this prayer for a good five or six years, never letting up. While we don't have a lot of tall genes in our family, my dad pushing six feet, my mama petite five feet five inches, my non-moose brothers at 5'11", although most of them are still claiming to be six feet. But moose topped out at six feet two inches. Big, strong, powerful, and athletic, indeed. As for me, somehow I grew to be six feet six inches. How did that happen? I don't know for sure. Was it the peanut butter, my favorite food? I doubt it. Coincidence? Maybe. In answer to my moose prayer? I think, quite possibly, yes. For God tells us, Ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened unto you. I certainly ask to be tall, with passion, over and over again. For me, I believe God chose to answer my prayer and then some. His way of telling me, do not doubt, have faith. I hear you and will answer your prayers. This knowledge he has given me, this faith, has served me well over the years. On days when my faith is tested and doubt creeps into my mind as to whether God cares and is listening, 
I need to look no further than my six foot six inch frame as a reminder that yes, God does listen, and he does care, and he does want me to talk to him. My prayers have changed since I was a teenager. Instead of a laundry list of things to ask God for, I try to spend more time talking with God and listening to him. Quiet time together, one-on-one, conversing. As a father myself, I learned how precious time is with your sons and daughters. What father would not want to have a conversation with his child? After my kids moved out of our house and I became an empty nester, the days I would get a phone call from one of them became my best days. It made no difference to me the reason they called. Sometimes it was just to say hi and to tell me they loved me. Sometimes it was to discuss an issue they were having or to ask for some fatherly advice. Sometimes they even called and questioned something I was doing. I cherished each and every one of these conversations. The precious time together is priceless. Fathers, I have learned, of course want what is best for their children, and we do want them to ask. And I can surely imagine how the same goes with our Heavenly Father. I also learned much of this from my own father. He asked me once, during one of our weekly Sunday night sessions, to define prayer. I struggled with an answer. I thought I knew what it was, but I couldn't articulate it. He sent me to go look it up. I don't remember where I found the answer he was looking for, but when I came back and I said, prayer is talking to God with love, he said, that's correct. I'll never forget it. But more than a definition, I learned from my dad how to pray. From the formal prayers and the rosary, I also learned to be unselfish in prayers, praying for others rather than myself just as he did. Our family has been blessed over and over, thanks in a large part, I'm sure, to his unending prayers. I'm pretty sure my dad's moose prayer had nothing to do with himself, but more to do with talking to God with love about helping others. So this all begs the question, who is your moose? Who do you want to emulate? What is your moose prayer? Talk to God about it, with love. I'm convinced he's looking forward very much to talking with you and he will listen to you, and he will answer your prayers. And a great job, as always, by Greg. And a special thanks to Paul in Minneapolis, Minnesota, here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell, and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. If we keep them bottled up, boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com OAS. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash O-A-S. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is Our American Stories, and we love telling you stories about our history because we think it's one of the most important things we can share. Because of this, we love people who love history. Today, one of our regular contributors tells us about the history of New York City in a way you've probably never heard. Manhattan, Manahata, the Algonquin's island of hills, is 12 and a half miles long and two and a half miles wide at its broadest point. Every day, 1.5 million people ride its buses and 3.5 million its subways. 
Each fare was $275 when my wife and I left the city for New Hampshire. But 59,000 commuters now ride free on the Staten Island Ferry. Ben Sweeney, a Staten Island historian, defines a ferry as a function rather than a boat, waterborne transportation regularly crossing some body of navigable water for the convenience of persons, vehicles, and animals. The first Staten Island ferry of which we know started in 1708. It ran between William Street in Manhattan and the watering place, now Tompkinsville, on the east shore of Staten Island. Oarsmen powered the first ferries. Later, someone devised a horse-driven treadmill to propel the boats. In 1810, Cornelius Vanderbilt, a handsome, profane Staten Islander, borrowed $100 from his mother to run a ferry from Stapleton, another East Shore town, and the foot of Whitehall Street. Seven years later, he launched the first steam ferry, the Nautilus, and charged an extortionate 25-cent fare, children half price. By contrast, the nickel fare was sacrosanct for most of the 20th century, rising to 25 cents and then 50 cents only under pressure of the city's fiscal crises. Then on July 4, 1997, Mayor Giuliani decreed there would be no more fare, just in time for that year's mayoral elections. For five years, five mornings a week, I walked to the ferry terminal in St. George, Staten Island to catch a ferry boat. From its bow, Manhattan's towers gleamed on the horizon like the fabled city of El Dorado, or like a vision of the city of God. The boat rumbled from its slip past the great bronze statue on Bedloe's Island. My paternal grandfather saw the same statue from an immigrant ship in 1906. He was then an 18-year-old adventurer who had escaped conscription into the armies of the Tsar by crossing the border into Austrian Poland beneath the load in a manure wagon. He had thence made his way through Austria, Germany, and Belgium, where he quickly picked up a sound idiomatic French, which he could speak well into his ninth decade, and then to England, whence he sailed from Southampton. Within a century of his arrival, his experience of a long sea passage closing with the vision of a mighty woman, her lamp, the imprisoned lightning, has become uncommon, if not unknown. Men and women no longer come here in steerage. They land from airplanes, something of which my grandfather probably had no knowledge in 1906, a practical technology even now barely a century old. So too we have changed how we carry freight across the seas. Now the great container ships glide past St. George to Elizabethport in the Bay of Newark, where the containers stand stacked for transfer to train and truck. Of the hundreds of ships that once daily lined Manhattan's shores with a forest of masts, only a few cruise liners now swing at anchor. At Whitehall, in lower Manhattan, swift currents and contrary winds bumped my boat into its slip. Nearby, a pile driver alternated puffs of steam with hammer blows as it drives a wooden pile into the harbor floor. It was probably the last working steam-powered machine in Manhattan, if not the city. Nothing more surely measures progress than the obsolescence of steam, the driving force of the Industrial Revolution. The city's last steam locomotives, the Brooklyn Eastern District Terminal's oil-burning switchers, serving the waterfront north of the Navy Yard, dropped their fires in 1962. 
The last steam ferry boat, the Verrazano, stopped all engines in 1981. New York is older than Philadelphia or Boston, yet only a handful of pre-revolutionary buildings have survived. St. Paul's Chapel on Lower Broadway is the only one in Manhattan. Walking uptown, I often unfairly contrasted the city with John D. Rockefeller's colonial Williamsburg. Manhattan's past exists side by side with the present, and though fragmented, often remains oddly alive. Williamsburg was barely a ghost town when Rockefeller began restoring what had been Virginia's colonial capital. Today, the hamlet is beautifully restored and maintained. It presents a careful, corporate, and inoffensive vision of colonial history. Downtown's tortuous, irregular streets are those laid out by the Dutch and the English, except Broadway, which was an Indian trail running north from the Battery before the white men came. Some street names have changed, usually for political reasons. Crown Street was renamed Liberty, but most remain the same. The indispensable AIA Guide to New York City notes that Pearl Street was once the edge of the island where mother-of-pearl oyster shells littered the beach. Wall Street, the most famous, was the site of the northern boundary of New Amsterdam, where a wall was erected against the English and the Indians. Of course, there have been no beavers on Beaver Street for nearly 300 years. In 1771, the royal government erected a gilt bronze equestrian statue of King George III and a black iron fence with ornamental crowns. After the first reading of the Declaration of Independence on July 9, 1776, up at the Commons, just south of today's City Hall, a mob of patriots came downtown, toppled the statue, and broke off the crowns. The statue was broken up and carried away and melted for shot. A fountain has taken its place. The fence remains. Downtown's tangled streets contrast with the grid of right angles and straight lines imposed on most of Manhattan by a board of street commissioners in 1807. Their plan was memorialized on the Randall map, named after John Randall Jr., the engineer and surveyor who created it and drew it by hand. Nearly 25 years ago, Harry Kleiderman pulled me into the Manhattan Borough President's Topographical Bureau. Harry worked there. He was tough, profane, and worldly, and I liked him a lot. His romanticism escaped only in kindness to his friends, love of history, and fidelity to the memory of Tammany Hall. The Hall had gotten him his jobs. He had been a pick-and-shovel man for the Borough Department of Works, now part of the Department of Transportation, a confidential secretary to a municipal court justice, and then a clerk in the Topographical Bureau. We gossiped about politics. Then Harry asked whether I wanted to see the Randall map. He opened the cabinet with the reverence one might reserve for the Ark of the Covenant. The map had been made in several parts and was mounted on rollers so cracks wouldn't form along fold lines. Harry unrolled part of it. Randall had drawn and named the streets with India ink and watercolored the landforms. There was the Collect Pond and Minetta Brook and Kipps Bay and the rolling hills of Chelsea that would all soon vanish beneath the pavements and landfills of the city. The map was perfect and exquisite. 
Topographical Bureau and its predecessors maintained it as if it were the Holy of Holies because in a worldly way it is. It's the root of all land use in Manhattan. I lightly touched its edge for a moment. It's made of a heavy parchment to endure for the ages. The Randall map is one of the few objects I've touched that is so rare and unusual as to be literally priceless. Then Harry rolled it up again and closed the drawer. And you've been listening to Bill Bright give a short history lesson of New York, his own personal history lesson of New York. And it is a city with many bridges, many tunnels, and a whole lot of interesting dimensions. And we want your stories about your town and send them to OurAmericanStories.com. Bill Bright, short history lesson of New York City here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. 
I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is Our American Stories, and up next, we bring you a story of how one devoted Marx Brothers fan went on to uncover a long-lost Marx Brothers movie. Here's Steve Stolier to tell us his story. I'm currently a screenwriter and author and also do voiceover work. But I was not always in the business, although I was always interested in show business. When I was but a small child in St. Louis, which is where I was born, uh, I would see I Love Lucy episodes where wherever Lucy and Desi would go, they seemed to run into famous celebrities. So I assumed that's what Los Angeles or Hollywood was like. Our family moved to L.A. when I was pushing eight years old, and on the airplane uh, that we took, uh, Andy Griffith was sitting several rows in front of us, and Red Skelton was sitting in the row directly in front of us. And so I thought, wow, it really is like I Love Lucy. There's celebrities everywhere. We haven't even landed in Hollywood, and there's two stars who I know who they are and I watch their shows. This is cool. And Red Skelton was very cool. He kept entertaining my sisters and me the whole flight. For me, he kept one of those little, those pop guns where you push the back and a cork on a string comes out. He had that tucked into his suit jacket. And every now and again, he would just turn around and shoot me with his pop gun. This was, of course, before there were any uh, airline safety restrictions. I don't know that you could bring a pop gun onto a plane now, but in 1962, there was no problem with it. So I had already met two famous people by the time our our plane touched down. Uh, as I say, I've always had a fascination with famous people, and specifically the Marx Brothers, and then within that subset is Groucho, my favorite of the Marx Brothers. I'm not sure exactly when I became aware of him slash them, but I did have an Uncle Joe in St. Louis who was balding, wore glasses, had a mustache, smoked a cigar, and wiggled his eyebrows. So that when I did discover the real Groucho, I thought, he's, he's just like Uncle Joe. That's interesting. And my parents <clears throat> used to quote lines from Marx Brothers movies, like being vaccinated with a phonograph needle. So when I finally discovered their films uh, and, and became aware that I am watching the Marx Brothers in this movie, that was probably around early high school and I wondered where they'd been hiding all my life, and I wanted to see all their movies, and uh, this is perhaps difficult to grasp for the uh, Gen X and millennial generations, 
but we could not simply view what we wanted to view by punching it up on a device or even watching Turner Classic movies or even having the DVD or videotape. I had to, we would get the TV guide each week and I would go through it with a pencil and I would circle the movies I wanted to see which invariably were old movies that they put on in the wee twilight hours of the middle of the night, early morning, after Johnny Carson and after Tom Snyder's Tomorrow Show into that strange nether world of local car commercials. And, and I would just sort of will myself to stay awake. Um, I don't know how I did it. I mean, now I, I'll drift off on the couch at, at 10.30, but back then, if they were showing monkey business starting at 2.48, I just made myself stay up and watch it, and then I could knock that off my list of movies I had to see. So it was very difficult trying to see them. And there was one you know, I read whatever scant books there were and articles that came out about the Marx Brothers or Groucho, and I quickly became aware of the fact that their second film, Animal Crackers, which had been a very successful stage play in the late 20s, and then was their second film made at Paramount in 1930, uh, I hadn't seen that, and I wasn't able to see it because when Paramount sold their early films to MCA Universal in the late 50s, it included Animal Crackers, but because of basically uh, a, a technological error, it, they didn't renew the copyright on Animal Crackers, so the rights had reverted back to the authors and composers of the stage play. And for the longest time, Universal didn't think it was worth spending money on an old black and white Marx Brothers movie to clear the rights and reissue it. So it just became this phantom film. They, they owned it, but they couldn't show it. And in the meantime, they redistributed all of their early Paramount films and syndicated those in television. And uh, you may have seen, they would have that big shield at the beginning that would say, a MCA TV release. And it, I, I used to want to go up to the TV with a marks a lot and add an N after a MCA TV because it just bothered me. But Animal Crackers was not included in, that, in those packages. So it was this great unseen Marx Brothers film. Uh, and it was supposed to have been one of their best. I mean, Groucho played Captain Spaulding, so his theme song, Hooray for Captain Spaulding, came from that. A lot of his quoted lines, like, I shot an elephant in my pajamas, came from that. And when I graduated high school, I began to attend UCLA first as a history major, because I really didn't think you could make any kind of living in entertainment, unless you were just astonishingly talented and had endless perseverance and I didn't put myself in either of those categories so while I continue to love watching old movies and study up on all these people uh, I, I figured I would be a history major and maybe teach history something like that and I saw that 
a print of animal crackers was going to be shown at a revival house theater in Orange County in December of 73 and I wasn't sure how they were able to show it but I didn't care. And all of my friends piled into one car. This was also during a, a gasoline crisis, an oil crisis when gas was being rationed, but we didn't mind blowing most of a tank of gas to be able to finally see this missing link in the Marx Brothers' small cannon. And you're listening to Steve Stolier, and he is telling the story of the lost Marx Brothers film. And by the way, it is a small cannon, but if you do get a chance, it is easy to see these movies now. By the way, there was a time when it was impossible. You just had to wait for them to appear on TV. And you did have to read that TV guide. And I remember circling all my favorite things, too. And all of Americans did. And that was it. That was it. And by the way, duck soup, animal crackers, and horse feathers with a way to go. And watch it with the kids. It's the cleanest and yet most subversive comedy you'll ever see. A lot like what they were doing with Wile E. Coyote and Bugs Bunny and just delightful, clever stuff. And they were never pushing a line. And yet they were. When we come back, more with Steve Stolier, his story about a missing Marx Brothers movie, here at Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. And we're back with Our American Stories and Steve Stolier's story. And we've learned that due to a filing error, Animal crackers had become unavailable to the public. When we last left off, Steve had found a bootleg copy that was being shown about 40 minutes away from his home. And he and his friends from college, well, they hopped in a car in the middle of a gas shortage to finally cross this film off their bucket list. Let's return to Steve. I mean, they only made 12 or 13 movies in, in, in all, so it was a substantial coup to be able to finally see Animal Crackers. It was a terrible print. It was a bootleg dupe of a dupe, and and the images were murky, and the sound was muffled. Couldn't hear it very clearly. But the point was, oh my God, we're watching Animal Crackers. I, didn't, I, I figured that you couldn't find Groucho's name in the phone book and just call him up to tell him that it was playing. But from looking through the Beverly Hills phone book, I did know that Harry Ruby was in the Beverly Hills phone book. Harry Ruby had co-written the songs for Animal Crackers and had also worked as a writer on uh, several of the early Marx Brothers films and was one of Groucho's closest friends. So I called him up and uh, he didn't answer, but a nurse answered and took my name and phone number. And I think if he himself had answered, none of what transpired would have taken place because he wouldn't have had my name and number. It was just a matter of conveying to him to tell Groucho that it was playing at this, that Animal Crackers was playing in Orange County. But because she took my name and number, I got a call from Harry Ruby, which at the time was one of the most exciting things that ever happened to me because this was one step removed from Groucho himself. And I had a nice chat with him about several things. And he said, well, I'll tell Grouch about this. And I thought, oh my God, he's going to tell my hero about this. And I called all my friends and told them. And then New Year's Day of 74, I got a phone call from a woman named Erin Fleming. And I'd kept up on articles about what Groucho was up to. And I knew she was very close to Groucho. She had sort of become his manager. And she had arranged a series of one-man shows in 1972 
where Groucho would transfix the audience for 90 minutes or so and take home a bunch of money. I did attend the one in L.A. in December 72 and was able to see Groucho at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. My friend and I were sitting towards the back. Our tickets were $9.50, which was a fortune and would not even pay for parking now at the Dorothy Chandler. But be that as it may, and he was quite old and frail, which was, a, it really took the wind out of me to see him that way because the press had led me to believe that good old Groucho at 80 something or other, just as sharp as ever. And instead, this old man shuffled out and said, I want to take a bow for Hoppo and for Chico because without them, I wouldn't be here tonight. And he read off cue cards, but it was still just electrifying realizing that I was in the same room as Groucho. And I clapped so hard, my hands stung the next morning because I wanted, and this, I know this sounds weird, but I wanted vibrations from my applause to reach his eardrums because I knew that was as close as I was ever going to get to him. So anyway, getting back to January of 74, when I got this call from Erin Fleming, she had been on stage with Groucho at the evening with Groucho, and she had gotten the message from Harry Ruby about animal crackers. And what she wanted to know was, how could they show it? How was it legal for them to show it? What, how did they get the rights to it? How did they? And of course, I didn't know any of this. I was just this kid that was a Marx Brothers fan. And she wanted to take me with her to Universal Studios to go up to the office of Sidney J. Scheinberg, the president of Universal, as sort of an exhibit A of a kid who would drive all the way to Orange County to see animal crackers. And so she was hoping that that would make the difference and then Universal would clear the rights and re release the movie. I was skeptical, but I was flattered all to hell that she wanted to be in touch with me. And she and Groucho had to, they had to go because uh, they were going to see Woody Allen's Sleeper. Uh, also, while I was on that call, I said, while I have you here, I wanted to, something has been on my mind for a while. Some of the books I've seen say Groucho was born in 1895 and others say 1890 and I wondered which one was the real date. And she said, just a minute, Groucho, what year were you born? And in the distance I hear, 1890. And she said, did you hear? And I said, yes. And I thought, oh my God, he's in the room with her. I can't handle this. I talked to friends and we thought it would be a better idea rather than just having this one kid try to argue the case to re-release the movie, I would form a committee at UCLA, a petition drive, and we would get hundreds or thousands of signatures from like-minded young people that we would want to see this movie and would pay to see it if it came out. So. Some friends and I formed the Committee for the Re-Release of Animal Crackers. We set up a table on Bruin Walk, which is where all of the causes had tables for either gay rights, ending the war in Vietnam, 
And then you had this group of kids trying to get an old Marx Brothers movie off the shelf. And people were so suspicious about signing the petition. You know, this was right right during Watergate. And someone said, you know, is the government going to get a copy of this? Does the FBI get a copy? No, no. It's just, do you have to be a registered voter? Do I have to print and put No, it's just to get this movie. And I was staying in touch with Aaron Fleming. And... She arranged for Groucho to come to UCLA and alerted the press about our cause. And sure enough, in spring of 1974, Aaron and Groucho came to UCLA. I said, Groucho, I am very happy to be meeting you after all this time. And he said, well, you should be. And Aaron said, this is Steve Stolyer. He's the one trying to get animal crackers re-released. And Groucho said, well, did you get it? And I said, not not uh, yet, but we're working on it. And he said, you better or I'll fire you. And I said, I, I didn't realize I was working for you. Uh, how, how much are you paying me? And he said, a little less than nothing. And it was just this most remarkable pinch me, is this really happening? We sat side by side answering reporters' questions about the movie. And I remember one, one reporter said, uh, Mr. Marks, what is the purpose of your appearance here today? And he said, I expect to get lunch. And she said, but, but besides that, I may get dinner. So there was still a lot of, you know, I was so disheartened after seeing how frail and old and shaky he was at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. And, in 72 but here he was still being groucho with his silliness and twisting phrases and that was very heartening after having been disheartened so we talked to the press and they ran their stories and sure enough universal relented and decided to reissue the film they would show it in la and new york and then be done with it it's like, here, here it is, go look at it, leave us alone. We have more important movies to worry about. It had a re-premiere at the UA Westwood, and I went in a tuxedo, and my family went, and the other members of the committee. It was like our night, and Aaron and Groucho were there, and we watched Animal Crackers, a fresh print, clear, you could see what was going on. And it ended up breaking the house record that had been set several years earlier by the French Connection. And it was very gratifying for me to be at a coffee shop in Westwood and look across the street and see a line of kids in t-shirts and blue jeans and tennis shoes waiting to pay money to see this Marx Brothers movie. What great storytelling and thanks to Robbie for bringing it to us. And a special thanks to Steve Stolier. And by the way, to find out more, order Steve's book, Raised Eyebrows, My Years Inside Groucho's House. And there are a whole bunch more stories like this one. You can find it at Amazon or all the usual suspects. The story of Steve Stolier, his effort to get animal crackers re-released. His story here on Our American Stories. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. 
I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth no matter who you are. Mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.